Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. Blessed your name. Some of you have been with me for a number of years and you know the uh, emotion that I just expressed, um, um, you know, in order to move a, a, a group of people all in the right direction, it takes a whole lot of people. You, you just can't have one person, and in our case, you got two people, uh, two pastors, and then you got staff, and even that doesn't do it. You got to have people, and um, you got to have people that care about our teenagers. You got to have people that care about our children. You got an incredible tech team. You got all these workers that serve in the ushering. And by the way, ushers hosting people, you looked amazing today. How do you organize all that? The worship team. That was one of the best worship sets you have ever done. Uh, just amazing what you guys are doing. Remember, my job, Pastor Jen's job, is to equip you for work of ministry. That's our job, to equip you for work of ministry. So if I'm doing my job, that means all of you are doing something. Now I'm looking at some of you, and you ain't doing very much except <laughs> occupying a chair. One of the things that um, our media reach um, is doing for us is it's helping us in our endeavors to have churches and, 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 and meetings, um, small group, big groups meet around the world simultaneously. And in just a moment, they'll be logging into their computers around the planet right now to watch what we're doing right here in this service which is amazing, and one of the things that I've been wanting to do is, is work on some ministry in some places, and one of them is South Sudan, and it's amazing how God's going to work out all those details, and then I find out we have another person going to Chad, and I've been wanting to do something in Chad, and so God's working this all out so that the details of what we're doing is happening around the world. And so uh, you may adventure out to another country, but God is just preparing you to keep this message going. It's not my message, it's his message. Do you hear what I just said? It's not my message, it's his message. It's his amazing grace. It's his for God so loved the world. It's, it's not mine, it's his. And we get the ability and the opportunity to keep sharing that. As we start our new theme for this month, you know, how perfect we've come out of the place of resurrection and, you know, the tomb that was up here for, for a while and you got to see the empty tomb. We start on the place prepared called heaven this month. As the young person read to you, it's, it is amazing. 
John 14, 3 is our verse for the month, and this month I'm going to ask you, like I do every month, memorize this verse, practice it every day, and I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is talking. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus talking, I will come again. Jesus talking. Has Jesus ever lied? Okay, three people in the whole room believe that. Has Jesus ever lied? I will come again. That's what Jesus is saying. And receive you unto myself. So he's coming for you. That where I am, there you may be also. So I've got two questions for you today, which are my two points. Say, Pastor, where's three? Where's four? Well, I've got two. If you joined us in live stream or Facebook Live or any of the other platforms, is heaven a real place? The Bible teaches us that it is a real place. That is where God the Father and God the Son abide. Live right now. You may not know this, but in the Bible, we have an Old Testament and we have a New Testament. In the Bible, heaven is mentioned 622 times. That's a lot of times for a place to be mentioned. And so because of that, I want to give you, since it's mentioned so many times, I, I felt like the best way to start this series on heaven was to give you a biblical description of heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse number 18 through 23 in the NIV version says it like this, the wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, wow, as pure as glass, and the foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. Now think about that. The foundation was made of that. That's, to me, that's incredible. If you've got the foundation being made of something that precious, 
I don't know if you can put a, a dollar amount or a euro amount on one of those stones. But what if you thought about it in the sense of this room being one floor and it's solid, pick one. Okay, now, because that's so small, let's pick the entire city of Rome. Now, the Bible says it's 144 miles square. Now, Rome is not 144 miles square. Matter of fact, it's only 60 miles from top to bottom in Rome. So you think about it. But let's just, for your imagination... You have this city of Rome that sometimes the metros work and sometimes the buses work and sometimes it runs over pretty bumpy roads. But just think about it. If all of the city was just one of those, how much do you think that would be worth? That's just the foundation. So we're talking about under the ground. Now, if God wants to put that much emphasis on that, to build a city, to build a place, and then he says it's pure gold as clear as glass, what's the value of that? So picture all of Rome, total gold. The streets are not bumpy. And there are no potholes. Are you hearing me? Pure gold. Now, as I study this, I'm going to keep reading in a minute, but I want to pause in this narrative. Here is a man that's been given a vision from God to write down the description. Now, I got to believe that he got it right. But how much can we really, us humans, really retain? How much can we really have the comprehension for? I mean, even to put one of those floors, one of those levels of pure something, you think, wow, how's that happen? Why does God even think like that? And how could the writer Revelation, John, how could he even think of saying those kind of words? You can't make that up. As I was reading this and studying this, I, I thought, how, how does somebody think, okay, I think a floor and a foundation should be all amethyst. I mean, think about it. Why would you even think that? Because it's the creativeness of who God is. Look around this room. There's not one of you created exactly like the person next to you or in front of you or behind you. Look at all these faces. I mean, there's some unique looking people in this room. All different. And because of that, you look at the uniqueness of who God is. 
of who really God is. So when he comes to the descriptions of things like these, you say, wow. Let me finish, let me keep going. 23. Oh, let's do 21. The 12 great gates. So there's this, the new Jerusalem is, is 12, has 12 gates, just like the old Jerusalem was, with 12 pearls. The gates were 12 pearls. Now, most people know that a pearl is a tiny little thing. I mean, like the end of your finger are most pearls. The tiny little bit of your pinky little finger. I mean, the little guy down there. But can you imagine an entire gate being one pearl? That's big. Each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold. As pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city. Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is the light. Jesus. Wow. He said, I'm the light of the world. Think about it. Heaven. That's God's inspiration to John to write this little portion. In the book of Revelation, specifically chapters 21 and 22, for this month, I'd like you to read that a few times. Because if we're going to really understand if heaven's a real place, because it's the place. This year we're dealing with the places in the Bible. So if heaven is real, You talk about a question that you need to have an answer to. Is heaven real? I believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. Cannot lie. And the Bible clearly tells us that heaven is real. So my answer is, Yes. Heaven is a real place. Question number one, is heaven real? Now, again, like me, every single week, it's, I know what I believe. I base my life on the belief that the Bible is true. I base my decisions that the Bible is true. I base the teaching of my children that the Bible is true. I base my business decisions in my life that the Bible is true. I base it on that. A lot of people live their life with no basis. There is a basis that you can believe that God is who he says he is. And if God says, I have prepared a place for you, then he has prepared a place for you. The place is called heaven. And if you will base your life that there is a place called heaven, then I'm going to tell you. Question number two, 
who's going to be really important to you. When do I go to heaven? It's a good question, isn't it? Don't you want to know the answers? When do I go to heaven? Because if heaven's real, and I will base my life that heaven is real, how do I know, and when do I go to heaven? I figured since I asked the question, I should give you the answer. Look at your neighbor and say, you're about to get the answer. Now, I know that translated. Didn't it translate April? Angel. So in order to go to heaven, I must believe in God. Have him in my heart. And I must live for him. So there's a basis for how I get to go. You've got to have some kind of basis. You can't just make it up. Because if you think everybody gets to go to heaven, you've made that up. You've made that up. Or you've heard man make that up and have written it down in some book somewhere. Remember, there's only one Bible. There's only one infallible word of God. And the Bible says, I prepared a place called heaven. So in order to go to heaven, I got to believe. See, I've been asked by the Lord, you, you, to do what the Bible asks. And like I asked you earlier, you are to examine yourself. And you're to say and look inward. There be any wickedness. You say, am I only supposed to do that once a month when we have communion? No. Try every day. Unless I inherited a church that have all perfect people. Come on. Humble yourself in the sight of God. That's, that's how it works. Stay humble before God. That means saying, open to God, saying, okay, God, I messed up again. Sorry. Which keeps you in right standing with God. And I love the words, forgive me. It's easy to ask the Savior of the world to forgive you. He's not judging you. He's forgiving you. And when he forgives, it's amazing. Because he cleanses you from all your wrongdoing. Not just your one mistake, your two mistakes, or your ten mistakes. Even if you've done it multiple days in a row. That was only for the live stream, because no one in Rome would have done multiple mistakes in the same week. Surely not. That's just for all those that are listening uh, in another country right now. But then it goes one more step. You just can't say, Lord, forgive me. You've got to do your best to live for the Lord. You can't just show up to church. Just going to church doesn't get you to heaven. A lot of people go to church. It's a personal relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says your name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. And the place where the Lamb's book of life is, is in Okay, the place where the Lamb's book of life is, is in? Oh, my goodness, we're making progress here. Think about it. If it was down here on earth, there'd be a whole lot of people trying to find it to get their name written in it. Hello? Some of you are thinking just like that right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that book, and I'm going to pay whoever I need to pay, and I'm going to get my name in that book. Okay, let's be real honest today. How many would think like that? Go ahead and raise your hand. I got liars in my church, don't I? How's that happen? You'd make an effort. I'd make an effort. But I know that when someone gives their life to Christ, the Lord turns to the angel and says, write that person's name down. So if we want to look today, we find out whose name's up there. So the big question is, how many you know for sure that you know no question about it? That your name is in the book. Some of you are going, I don't know if I should raise my hand right now. I don't know who's watching. Uh, Which way should I go? Uh. See, my friend, you know that you know that you know that you are a child of God. You know that you know that you know that you are living for God every day. You know that you know that you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know that. Even if somebody beside you said, no, your name is not written. Hear me. You're going to have people around you say, no, 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 no. They even may be loved ones. Not everyone. Not everyone believes So when do I go to heaven? When I die. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8, we're confident. I say, Paul speaking, willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that means if I pass... I take my last breath, I'm not just laying on that bed anymore. You better get this ending part. (laughs) You, You can do what you want to the beginning part, but you better get the ending part. When I die, I'm either going to heaven or I'm going somewhere else. Nobody wants to go someplace else do you know where that someplace else is it's called hell (gasps) pastor said hell in church well there's only two places now I know there is a group of people 
that believes there's this middle spot. It's called purgatory. Now think about it. Purgatory is a place that you're not good enough to go to heaven. You're not bad enough to go to hell. You go to this middle ground. There's millions of people that believe this. Middle ground. It's called purgatory. And what happens is people over a period of time keep praying for you and someday maybe you just get to go from purgatory to heaven. Now think about that. How could they have made that up? Somebody made that up. It, it, it's not in the Bible. So in other words, we added a section to the Bible that says there's a purgatory. Or a section to somebody else's Bible. Hear me, my friend. You don't get to make up any of the definition here. Man doesn't get to do it, even if it was written 100 years ago. Even if it was written 500 years ago. Just because somebody wrote another rule down doesn't mean it's correct. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is no middle ground called purgatory. A few weeks ago in this very church, one of our members named Grace Chisinga went on to be with the Lord and in this building we held her memorial service. And right here in this room were eyewitnesses of her life. And the eyewitnesses, including the family members, including the husband and the children, sat here in this room and had a complete confidence that their mother, their wife, your friend was in heaven. It was the comfort that the Holy Spirit gives us to support and back up that there is really a heaven and to be absent from this body is to be immediately present with the Lord. You can base your life on that fact. Jesus promised to come back to get those who believe. Because the Bible says that there, it's not everyone that has passed. Those who are alive and remain. Because the Bible says at a moment, at a twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together, all of us that believe in the air. Hear me. Heaven is real. 
And heaven is real because we know that God's word is true. And Jesus promised to come back to get us. Because he has supported and backed up, if you listen to any of my messages in the last two months, his word supports the promises. His word declares that he will come back, he will come back. And that his promise will be fulfilled. Do you believe in the promises of God? You talk about an important question. Do you believe in the promises of God? If you believe in the promises of God, if I was in your chair, I'd believe all the promises. I love the promise that I can be healed. I love the promise that I can be forgiven. I love the promise that my household can be saved. That's a promise? Yeah, Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you get saved, and your family. It's the promise of God. Now, it may not happen just like that, but over a period of time, it's a matter of time before your family gets saved. You say, you don't know my husband, you don't know my spouse, you don't know my kid. I don't, but God does. And God loves them. And it's just a matter of time. It's the promise of God. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches. I mean, think about the promises of God. I just give you eight. Eight promises. There are hundreds of promises. And if one is true, they're all true. I'm going to say it again. If one is true, they're all true. Now, yesterday, I understand that in this room, there was a whole lot of ladies that were enjoying the company of each other. This room was all beautified and had all kinds of decorations, women decorations. That means glitzy and flowery and blingy and not one person brought me any food home. First words out of my mouth were instead of, how was it, my wife? I said, did anybody give me a little, little bit? No cookies left over. No desserts left over. No rice left over. No chicken left over. Nothing was left over. But my friends, there is coming today that if you think that reception last night was beautiful, there is coming another reception. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we will never run out of food. We will never run out of dessert. My goodness, there will be pasta, 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 pasta. I know some of you are saying, no, there's another name. Just think about your favorite food. 
Listen, heaven is going to be amazing. I'm telling you, besides it being so beautiful, it's going to be amazing. You know one of the reasons it's going to be amazing? Because the people that have gone on before us, we get to see again. The ones that have been found faithful, we're going to get to see. The ones that have taken another job and they've moved to another part of the planet and we have not got to see them. All of a sudden, heaven's going to happen in that moment and, and we're going to be there and we're going to see them across the table and say, Oh, it's been amazing. I, I just couldn't wait to see you. John says it like this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house are many rooms. But we're not so, I would have told you. The King James says many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you will be also. <clears throat> and whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. <laughs> no man comes unto the Father but by me. Heaven, it's real. There's no doubt about it. And I want to go there. Is heaven real? Yeah. Is heaven for you? I hope your answer is yes. Because you will live a totally different life if you believe that heaven is real. Your life will be honorable. You will look at your life and say, wow, I am found faithful. Because we're all looking to that moment someday, aren't we? That we will look the Lord, our Savior, face to face, the one that hung on that cross and died for us. We will look him face to face. And he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want to be found faithful? Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want your family to go to heaven? Don't you want your friends to go to heaven? Well, if you do, my friend, we got a job to do. We can't just sit in a church and hear about heaven we got to do something more. we got to be able to tell. It's not easy to live it. But I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. I'm going to say it again because some of you think, you know, I accept Christ, everything's going to be easy. No, 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 no. There's going to be trouble. The Bible even says it like that. 
but the Bible says, but be a good cheer. I've already taken care of the trouble. And some of you are saying, you don't know the trouble I'm dealing with right now. God's bigger than the trouble you're dealing with right now. Cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. Give him your trouble. Give him your stuff. And you'll find out that heaven gets to be so real to you. You say, it doesn't matter what I'm tempted with. It doesn't matter the difficulty I have today. God is going to help me reach heaven. It'll be worth it. Yeah, the streets of gold will be cool. My mansion's going to be Mac Daddy. Yeah. I'm telling you. Come over to my crib. I'm telling you, you're going to find out a Mac Daddy mansion. I just have a confidence. I'm telling you. But it won't be anything about, it really won't. It won't be anything about that streets of gold. It won't be even about how Mac Daddy your mansion is. But it will be seeing Jesus, your Savior, face to face. Is heaven real? Yep. Why? Jesus is real. He's the lover of our soul. And I love it. I'll give my life for him. Did you hear what I said? You've got to get to that spot in your life. Nothing more is important. Nothing more valuable. I've got to get there. And I'm going to do everything I can to get there. I want to make sure a million people at least get to go with me. Come on, friends, we can do this. Because God is for us. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today, that you're going to have a life change things are going to be incredibly different for your life and we'd love to help you so if you would go to our website icfrome.org and make contact with us i'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church remember god loves you and he has a plan for your life bless you